The DWA podcast is recorded live to SD card at the old Wrigley building in Santa Cruz, California. Driving while awesome podcast radio hour. <laughs> oh God. Yo, do you guys know what a fluffer is? GTO Mellow Grinds. Oh, I got a PT Cruiser. It's a convertible. It's really cool. Oh, this smells of crayons for you. <laughs> hey, YOLO, you only have one life. Do you have coilovers? No, beat it. Yeah, I'd say that's a pretty good podcast right there. <laughs> Damn it, I screwed it up. Hey guys, for this show, I'm going to do a quick little intro for our guests on the show. We have Paul and Todd from Everyday Driver. If you're not aware of who they are, they make YouTube videos, they have a TV show, and they have a twice-weekly podcast. Check out everything they do at everydaydriver.com. And now, without further ado, enjoy the show. Welcome to Driving While Awesome. My name is Warren. I'm Lane. I am Art. And? Yes. I'm Todd, by the way. <laughs> there we go. And I'm Paul, Everyday Driver. Thanks, guys, for having us. Yeah, nice to have you guys on. And, you this know, cool. we, we thought, you know, what better way that to, than to introduce you to our our audience by jumping right in and answering some questions how do you guys feel about that whoa <laughs> um, that, that, that being said uh you know todd and paul of everyday driver uh we will be going on into your backgrounds as soon as you know, we wrap up questions and we can kind of do a deep dive of like what you guys are up to talk about what everyday oh. driver is all about uh but cool. we thought it'd be fun to kind of just Throw you guys off the deep end. How do you feel about that? <laughs> we, we never talk, so it's going to be really hard for exactly. me to adjust. I don't know what I'm going to do. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Please yeah. do. You don't have opinions, right. right? Not at all. I'm just a blank slate. Do you guys no, even drive, no. by the way? What, what's, what's the deal? No, not at all. I, I actually mo mostly take public transit. I have somebody drive me. I, I don't know what I'm doing. Excellent. Yeah. Nice. Excellent. Yeah, yeah. Perfect. Well, yeah, right, jump we right in. We do have a few questions uh, on the Instagram uh, page here. So first is actually from a listener of yours. I actually uh, oh. was trolling your podcast uh, questions, and Kyle JF ninety was chiming in as well. So maybe that name sounds familiar. But uh, he asks if Todd and Paul had to trade the Lotus and Cayman for any of the DWA's cars, which ones would they take? So you may oh, not be wow. aware. Uh, we could we could do the rundown of our cars. Yeah, and, yeah uh, I, need, I need to know the list. But you can so pick, pick away. Yeah. Um, I'll just I'll stick to the relevant, uh, you know, more enthusiast cars for me, which I'm going to start with the Mitsubishi Mighty Max. And <laughs> if you guys want to jump on that right away, <laughs> that's fine. 1995, uh, no okay. options at all, uh, no power steering, manual windows, et cetera, um, standard cab. But it is useful. <laughs> Very useful. <laughs> Uh, 1987 Volkswagen Vanagon Weekender. Uh, that is that is not a pop top. Uh, no uh, no kitchen, but a bed and uh, rear facing seats. So a nice nice package. And a 1989 BMW 325i. That's an E30. Okay. Two door uh, Canyon Carver spec rally spec, oh, cool. if you will. Very cool. Nice. Yeah. Okay. okay. All that's right. Mine. What else? And then what else we got? Um, I'll just stick to mine, not the wife's car. Um, it is a 1987 BMW 325 IS. Uh, same deal, uh, basic stuff, you know, just uh, lowered on Bilstein Sports, H&R Sports, and some good tires, cool. uh, stock yeah. basket weaves on there. It's an Alpine white over black interior car. Uh, and, of course, cool. it's a manual with LSD. That's what I've got right now. And then I have a 1985 Porsche 944. 
um, with a newly installed LSD transaxle. Uh, cool. You know, kind of, it's my rally car. So, you know, fresh, fresh Bilsteins and, you know, good suspension setup, big turbo sway bars and all that good stuff. Um, period correct Recaro seats. Um, yeah. Uh, classic guards red over black interior. Euro bumpers. Important to note. Euro bumpers, front and rear. <laughs> yeah, so. I know. I know. I know what Paul's answer is. I, I, yeah. I know where that's going. Yeah, I first. saw him drooling when Lane said "puh." <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> exactly. It's about as far as he got. You're yeah, right. Yeah. 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 I like how y'all referred to the Bilsteins as fresh, like freshly squeezed. They're, <laughs> yeah. they're not old. They're fresh. Yeah. Easy well, miles. I know. I'm just Crazy trying to say miles. that they're only a couple years old. They're pretty yeah. fresh, you know. Yeah. <laughs> I, I think mine are equally as fresh, Lane. I just wanted to throw it out there, you know, so if it spices oh, okay. up the deal for anyone else. Yeah. Right. Good good <laughs> so tire good tires too, and I have Campagnola wheels. That's right. Oh, cool. Um let us know what you have and what you would be giving up uh, for the listeners. Well, that's the thing, is that they're they're asking about us trading our dailies, which are I have a Lotus Elise. I have an 0, 06 Lotus Elise that I love. Cool. Yellow. It's got uh the bar in the back so I can have um the four point harness in it and it's got uh, aftermarket uh, they're called uh nitron i believe mm. aftermarket uh shocks on it which wow. have actually been great they're, they're they're better on the street and the track which i'm just thrilled are by. they fresh though oh, yeah, they're not that fresh that, that they've been on that car a but while they are, not, they are nitrons though which is like infinitely better than what yeah. we described so you got that going for you so <laughs> so it's an I na have, car uh, na car right yeah, yeah, it's yeah, it's because it's an 06, yeah. and I and I don't have the aftermarket. Even though the aftermarket is almost the same as what they did for the factory, I haven't done that. So it, so it isn't uh, supercharged at all. Sometimes I wish it was, but man, I love the thing. It's got seventy thousand miles on it. So I've got right. a, for for an Elise, a fairly high mile Elise. I've actually doubled the mileage in my ownership. So I certainly drive. Nice. Well done. And I love it. so yeah. I've got a twenty fifteen Cayman GTS. I've really discovered Cayman, so it's my second one, if you can believe that. And I, I had a 987, wanted the 981, went to that. And then, of course, after we've driven all the rest of the Caymans, I just, I'm still in Cayman land. I, I admit to being a Porsche super freak, but Caymans, <laughs> really, we recommend them on the podcast frequently, but we recommend them used, Caymans and Boxsters. Yeah. And find it for 25, 30 grand. And so I've got this GTS, and it's it seems like, Many people, Todd, are, are kind of asking us, so guys, what's next for you? Everybody's sort of wanting to see. Yeah, you're not allowed to just keep a good car cars. forever. It's the YouTube oh, disease. Mm, it's, the, it's the, like, look what I got rid yeah. of. Look what I picked up. Look what I did to it. I'm dumping that one too. It's That's the YouTube cycle. Yeah, and we're is. supposed to apparently move through it faster, which yeah. is why we keep buying this cheap crap. <laughs> exactly. I also have a BMW Z4 uh, that's an 04 BMW Z4 that I bought for $7,000. And then Paul has his cheap car as well. Yes, I've got an 06 Mercedes SLK 280 with a manual transmission, which is surprisingly good. The feel in that transmission is really good. Mm. It's a Mercedes transmission. They make a manual. It's excellent. So is that a a compressor? That's a turbo car compressor? Uh, No, this is just naturally aspirated. It is a six. Yeah, uh, but it is is not uh, compressor, okay. and it's just it's fun to drive. It's fun to not worry about it and kind of beat on it. Even though Todd and I have had the privilege of taking our our nice cars to uh, to track days various at various times and loving them on the track. I, I you know, he, Todd's an Elise guy. I'm a Cayman guy, but obviously we both love the mid engine configuration. And I get you know accused a lot of not being a real car person because it's a PDK. 
And I love the color and the PDK is absolutely <laughs> brilliant Tom's on the track. Backing off. I, I love that the PDK is excellent, but I have to admit after driving a friend's 2015 Boxster GTS with a manual, the next Cayman I have will be a manual. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So where do, where does the, uh, amongst the Cayman and a, and a lease, the Mighty Max fit in? Is that? It's hard to say. I mean, it's really, you know, it's right in there. Right in. I, really I, I totally agree, Warren. I, I, yeah. It's really a challenge. It's in the middle. Uh, I know what Paul's going to pick of your cars. I may have to go with Art's, uh, Art's BMW, oh, though. thank that you. That sounds pretty cool. Granted, you and Warren, I mean, you and Warren, a, I'm intrigued yeah, about both. Yeah. It's almost like I have to see them both. Right. You know what I mean? Well, Art, Art throughout the IS, and it's just like, you know, slapped know. on the table. I know, the, that extra little letter, <laughs> that, you know, there you go. Yeah. I Alpine totally white agree. is great. Mine's a dolphin gray uh, over black leather, so I don't know if that sways you, but I don't blame you. Art's car is very hey, nice. Hey, although, although nice. Warren does have sportsies in his car as well, so, you know, you, you, hear, you don't hear the S and you assume flat comfortable seats right but this is or comfort seats or whatever the heck they call them but um yeah, yeah well yeah. And, much comfort and warren there. does not have a trans uh lsd in his car but he does have one in his garage i can look at it at yeah. any time okay you, well, you you can say with all honesty Useful. i have a limited slip differential that's yeah. right i do where it is is not actually relevant totally. to the I conversation if you're just totally. talking to somebody it doesn't matter yeah yeah i think there's some society like in the in french polynesia that uh, their currency is based on these big marble discs or some rocks. And okay. even if they don't have them, if like one is in the ocean, they know that it's theirs. That's, that's mine. So got it. Fair LSD, enough. same thing. <laughs> yeah. I, I like your outlook on that. That's great. Hey, there it is. <laughs> Thank you. Yep. Moving on. I'm, I'm reaching. Uh, our Chen says present company accepted whose TV or online automotive video content most impresses you. Also, What's the ideal length for an online episode? Oh, oh man! Um, <laughs> Talking about how long will somebody actually watch? Because here's the other thing about it: you know, YouTube buries you in analytics, and whatever length it is, the audience in general watched half of it. Yeah, I don't care if it's five minutes or it's thirty minutes. The audience watched roughly half of it. So, I mean, I I feel like. 20 to 30 minutes gets most things done. I mean, when we do our TV show, obviously we're restricted to a specific, to the second, to the frame finish, you know? Yeah, yeah. So those are roughly 22 minute episodes. Uh, I feel like when we do a car comparison, if I just cut it and it drops naturally, it runs somewhere between 25 and 30 minutes. So a little longer than our TV stuff, but you know, it, it can be pared down. I think beyond 30 what what are you covering? It needs to be really compelling and it needs to be a lot of cars. It needs to be more than just a car or two because at this point you're now luxuriating. I mean, we've done a, a few feature films where we've we've driven like the whole, all the generations of a certain marquee and, you know, those average eight to 10 minutes a car. Well, you do seven or eight generations, it's a feature film now, you know? Right. Um, we could we could do it footage wise, we could do the 20 minute version of each individual, individual car, but at some point you're just dragging it out, I feel like. Yeah, you got me thinking about uh, the Savage Geese guys. Honestly, they they do some excellent work, and we're we met them uh, in 2019 at the Kia Telluride launch in Telluride, Colorado, and we actually collaborated just a bit, and just kind of came to the same sensibilities about quality and level of shooting, and we sort of traded off because we each needed footage of that Telluride that day. So we were, you know, in one and they were driving the, you know, doing the footage for us. And then we were doing the footage for them. So it, there was a, a bit of symbiosis there uh, in a weird kind of way, but just from a, you know, we like the quality, we like what they're doing, but uh, also the gears and gasoline guys love what yeah. they're doing as well. Yeah. And, I don't and, know if gears and gasoline. That's interesting. Huh. Yeah. What is that? Yeah. Well, where are they based? 
Uh, Gears and Gasoline are, oh uh, man, I'm going to get it wrong. I think it's Virginia. I want to say Virginia. They started, yeah. they started doing uh, what a lot of other people doing, ourselves included. They started doing reviews of new cars. And then they started doing profiles of other automotive YouTubers. And then they kind of found their own niche, which is builds and huge road trips. Huh. So uh, once they, and their, their quality level has always been pretty high. And we've met them as well. They're good guys. It's Ben and Ben. They call it Big Ben and Little Ben because one <laughs> of them is like a foot taller than the other. Yeah. But, um, but they, uh, they've, they've settled into now they'll, they'll get a car and they'll do a build and then they'll do a monster road trip. And their quality is really high. I don't watch everything they do, but it, the stuff that intrigues me of theirs, I'm always like, you guys are killing it, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. We've also known uh, Matt Farah for a long time, crazy enough, when he was uh, just moving to LA, gosh, over a decade ago, and really liked, you know, what, what he was doing. And uh, some mutual friends kind of brought us together and met him and started collaborating and, you know, comparing notes, that kind of thing. And uh, just enjoying what his, seeing what his transition has been. It's, uh, you know, been quite a broad spectrum, yeah. I would say, from where he was to, you know, of course, where he is now, but, you know, I always love his take on, on things. He's just always very sharp and perceptive about cars, whether it's low or high end. And uh, yeah, always love uh, stuff from him too. Good. And I'll, good I'll mention dude, the too. last one I'll mention is the throttle house guys. Those guys do really good work. I was going to say, I forgot what they were called, but those guys are really good. They are yeah. really good. They spend uh, Thomas and James are really good guys. We've met them before. They're, they're, they're really genuine, nice guys. And they do great work, and I love their sense of humor. So uh, they do really, really cool stuff. Agreed. Agreed. Monty23PSK asks, you see a total stranger posing and taking pictures with your car in your driveway. What do you do? <laughs> he has a couple uh, scenarios <laughs> out there. Uh, do you let him fin finish and, and just watch, or do you interrupt him, strike up a conversation, uh, maybe take a picture of them with your car? What, what, uh, what's your answer there? Mm, I would strike a conversation. I would say, Hey, you know, glad you enjoy the car. What, uh, what attracts you about it? Because sometimes you get the, Oh, you've got a cute car. And then you, you kind of know, it's like, when you're, <laughs> yeah. it's like when you're talking to your grandparents about what you do, you either tell them everything about the technology that you're working on, or you just say, I work with computers. Yeah. 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 Where are you? I think you know my I mean? father-in-law thinks I'm like a car mechanic or something. So, yeah. <laughs> totally hear you. Yep. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So I, I'd I strike it. up a conversation. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'd wait it out for a bit. I'd just kind of let them have their moment with the car. Then if it gets like really lengthy, it's time to walk out and be like, hello, someone lives here, you know. <laughs> yeah. But for, for a couple minutes, go for it. Whatever. It's all mm. good. Nice. Yeah. How many how many leases are you seeing in uh, in Utah? Not many. In fact, I think I think now there's another yellow or maybe two yellow ones. But for a while, oh. I was the only yellow Elise in Utah, to my knowledge. Oh, wow. sure. There's uh, a half dozen or so total down in Salt Lake. Mm. Park City, I think, only has one other one, and it's a blue one. But uh, there's not very many, period. And then let alone leases that are yellow and get driven a lot. So I, I have to be a little bit careful because if I do something questionable, You're there's the only one of me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, yeah. Well, I, I have to ask, I mean, so... You're at what elevation up there in, in Park City? 6,500 feet. Yeah, so... Yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah. what is that? That's a 180-horsepower car stock? Uh, yeah, 190 like, stock, like at, yeah. at sea yeah, level? Yeah. And so have you actually yeah. measured, like, your horsepower loss and stuff like that? Uh, 
I haven't. I, it's what what the calculation is like three percent per thousand feet or something. Right, I'm sure yeah. we could do math and, and figure it out, but I haven't. I mean, the it feels. I tell people that generally when you're driving it, it's got it's got a big cam change at about 6,500 mm. RPM. So 65 to 8,500 is is the second cam. When you get on second cam in that car, it feels like what you expect. Mm. When you're on first cam, it still feels really light. It feels like a Miata does. Right. You know, it's light and it's agile, but it's not powerful. Mm -hmm. And then you hit second cam and you go, oh, okay, that's as fast as I expected this to be. <laughs> I know there's a tune that brings that second cam, and I've debated, it brings that second cam down into the high 5,000s. And then, of course, when you if you have a supercharged version of the car, it would help me in general. But the interesting thing about supercharger, it's a really low PSI. And so most of its help is before the second cam. Most of the supercharged cars feel about the same on second cam, but they feel like second cam the whole way through. Mm -hmm. It's kind of so, kind of you might like that actually. Yeah, it's kind of like I a torque fill would. essentially. It's like a you know, yeah, yeah to some it's degree, like adding yeah. displacement essentially. Um, yeah, but I mean, the car is so light that I don't. I mean, this is a place where Paul and I kind of disagree. Is that I? I mean, I had an FRS before this, so you know, the king of great handling, and and yet where is the power cars? Uh, that's kind of who I am. I'm not. I'm not obsessed. I mean, we drive plenty of super powerful stuff, but I'm not really obsessed with how powerful is it. I just want it to be light and handily. Mm -hmm. And so the Lotus, big time, checks that box. Yeah, I mean, yeah. it's it's I, it's I essentially a slot car, right? I mean, because you're you're. I mean, the way that you have it set up, it's like you literally can use the power that you have on tap pretty much all the time, and not yeah. not even over overpower the cha the chassis really, right? Because those are those are slot yeah, cars, especially on the tires that those require, right? Like they're just yeah. they're they're a ton of fun. They're really cool. Sorry, I didn't mean to inter interrupt there, Paul. Oh, it's okay. I mean, this is how it works. The we, I put the Yokohama Advans on it this past summer. It's the best tires I've had on it. I was like, oh my gosh, a whole new level, which was awesome. I mean, look, I'm going to tell you the the world's most tired automotive journalist cliche. Oh no, and that is <laughs> slow car fast. Like a go -kart. Oh, that's slow car fast. <laughs> yeah, like yeah, yeah. But but the but the truth of it is the the when I'm talking to non-car people, I always go there sure because that's the closest analog to an Elise that anybody is going to have Absolutely. if you haven't driven one. Because generally, if somebody says that about a car, that's incorrect. Mm -hmm. But on the Elise, because it's so light, so low, and because of the complete, you know, manual steering, it's like, how can I get you there? I've got to go go kart. I've got to go there. And yeah. it's it's very toy like. I mean, Art, absolutely. Art and I, Art, bar we borrowed one from a friend for a week or so. Um, and I think Warren, did you have a go in it? I forget. Yep. Yeah. Yep. So we all kind of had we we have a friend who has a lot of cars, and we always borrow very cool cars from them. So. Uh, but yeah, it's very much a toy, and yeah. uh, I, I'm a surprise actually, Todd. I think you're fairly tall. Uh, yep. How how is that getting in and out of that thing with the roof on? Well, I mean that's the thing. It's I'm, I'm six three, and our running joke is Paul and I are actually the same height if we stand next to each other. Uh -huh. But I have a longer torso than he mm -hmm. does. So if you cut back and forth between us in the car, people always think I'm the taller of the two of us because in the car I, I'm taller because my shoulders are up higher. Yeah. Freakish torso apparently. But the the Elise, it's a, it's one of those muscle memory things. After you do it for a while, you can actually, you know, I know a guy actually, he, he brags about the fact he can do it with a cup of coffee. He can just oh, wow. you know, slide into the Elise. That's talent. So after you, yeah, seriously, after you do it for a while, you understand the body positioning to do it. The I've been at a few car shows where when I unfold myself, like some, you know, cricket out of the, out of the dash, uh, a big, invariably, some guy is told to be a walk up and be like, how are you doing that? And I'll always say, get in, you know? Yeah. The it is very hard to get in and out, yeah. Uh, but once you're in, that's the thing I love about it. No, once you're they're in, good. You go, yeah. Oh, I'm fine. Yeah. So it's 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 very much if you do it wrong, you're halfway through and you're stuck. If you do it right and your body kind of learns yeah. the the mechanics of it, 
you can nail it every time. So my 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 real my story with I had it at my house for a while, and uh, I went to go on. I was going to go on a little drive. I'm like, I'm just going to go on a, like a 35 minute drive. We have killer roads within like two minutes of my house. Oh yeah. So I'm like, I'm cool. just going to go on a 30 minute rip, you know, and be back here. I have a meeting or something, and I get in the car, and it was it the gas light was on, and I was like, you know what? That means I have to get in and out of the car at the gas station. And I have yep. to go, and I'm like, yeah, I'll just stay at home. I'm not going to go on the drive. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, yeah. I, I, uh, I put my dad in it once, and he's in his 70s. I put my dad in it once. Thank God I had the top off when he got in it, because I'm pretty sure if the top had been on, I would have never gotten him out. <laughs> I had to literally, like, take an arm, yeah, yeah. let me pull on you. You know, it was, yeah, all bad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, we had a, uh, a guy when we went to our pilgrimage trip in uh, back in 2018, we have a fan of the show named Owen and he lives in Switzerland and he has the VX 220 flavor oh, of yeah. the Elise. but it's uh, I think it's even less horsepower if I'm not mistaken. It's the one it's 125 horsepower. Right. It's, it's the wow. smaller motor. Yeah. yeah. Oh, it's, it's even smaller. And so he brought that to the ring. He drove six hours from Switzerland in that car and brought it to the ring and drove his own car on the ring during our track day. And so, right. you know, had a lot of conversation. So uh, last year he sent me a message and said, ah, oh, somebody pulled out and wrecked the front clam and a lot of suspension damage. And he says, I think I'm just going to keep it. So he actually sent a message today saying, well, the insurance company gave me about 90% of the value and he just loves the car so much. He decided to rebuild it. So he got it dipped. So it's now green, but he says, I drove my buddy's RF Miata and it feels like a heavy GT car with numb steering. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I like that. I love it. Yeah. Like, yeah, of course it does. Yeah. That's, like, that's usually one the, of those. Of course it does. That's usually the high bar of like the minimalist, you know, direct sports car. And then you're like, no, 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 there's, there's yeah. the Elise. And he's going, I don't want a Miata. It's this heavy pig of a thing. <laughs> that big, heavy car. We have friends with yeah. caterums and you know, Lotus 7s and stuff like that. And that's a whole other level, oh, yeah. right? It's it's incredible. That's the Absolutely. next yeah. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. That's about the only level level further over from where I am. Mm -hmm. You know, if you're actually going to try to drive it regularly at all. Yeah. 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 Like a, like a nomad or a, uh, Adam or something where you're exposed yep. even more. And yeah, the aerial atoms are in there. And so are the, if you really want to get nuts, you go Morgan three-wheeler because oh, yeah. you know, yeah. why not? Yeah. You know, right. That's right. a different or weirdness. Single seater, like the, uh, what's the one from Mexico? Oh, uh, the, um, the Vul. The cool. No, actually that's not, that's not a single seater though. You're thinking of the, you're thinking now. of the, um, Oh, the, uh, BAC that's mono. Bach that's how those are awesome. Yeah, those are super yeah, those cool. Are awesome. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Look amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, bring, bring bring all of your wallets though. But yeah, they're great. <laughs> For sure. Yeah. All right. Uh, this is a little long, so uh, bear with me. Bobby Reed with the cars says, "My wife's friend is buying our Audi Q5, and we're getting a '95 Miata from her in partial trade. She's the original owner, with the exception of the wheels and dealer-installed block heater. Car came from Alaska." It's completely original, 94,000 miles, excellent condition, and comes with a hardtop. Is there any argument to preserve its originality, or may I feel free to modify it without guilt? Coilovers, a roll bar, and sway bars come to mind right away. I say modify it drive without it? guilt. Really? I, you have I, guilt? I agree. I no. say I say do some do some little minor things to That's it. That's so sure. reversible. Yeah, like um, make it a make it a better driver. Yeah, well, well, real, real quick before. Um, 
you know, I, I just I have to throw this in here. Um, I've owned a lot of Miatas, and I do not recommend putting sway bars on them if you want to have it just to be a fun spirited driver. Uh, unless you're going to go on the on the track, if that's your goal, go that route. Um, you want compliance in those cars. You need suspension travel. It's really important. Otherwise, you're going to be skipping around and slamming the bump stops. And like, I actually wouldn't even put coilovers on the car. I would just put a nice set of Bilsteins on there. Look at, uh, you know, maybe a, fresh if, though. If you Make want, sure they're fresh. Fresh, very fresh. Uh, lemon squash. <laughs> Le- lemon squash. Did you hear that? Lemon squeezes. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. Um, but uh, you know, you you want that compliance, uh, and you can maybe whatever you can add a, a slightly stiffer spring if you want, but. You give yourself some suspension travel, you know. Uh, well, they don't the have a lot of travel, isn't that the In the rear, especially, yeah. yeah. So you can get into trouble real quick with that. Um, but that being said, if you want to go full track and, you know, the car is going to be driven on that, definitely add a roll bar no matter what. Um, that's yeah. that's important. But uh, if you're going to go well, on the track, like, just stiffen it up. That's fine. That's There's a very tried and true stuff out there. You know, the Spec Miata guys have been doing a lot of stuff there. But yeah. Yeah. Totally. It's all reversible, though. Well, so, yeah, I say modify. Warren, a uh, question for you. Is the question coming from a value preservation or a driving I th- preservation? I think value. I think it's like, are you are you in the position now that these cars need to be preserved? Well, by value, um, though, you should keep yeah. it stock. Uh, I mean. Yeah, that's that's a different question. Yeah. Mm. Well, well but, yeah, it is. So, there, I mean. There's another variable here, though. He's getting rid of his wife's car. Is his wife going to drive this Miata? Yeah, good point. <laughs> <laughs> because here's, here's my big thought, and I want to jump yeah. onto something Art said, but here's my big thought, and that is, what's the plan for this? If this is the plan to be a road car, yeah. then the, the, the number one thing I would say is put great tires on it and drive it for a few totally. months. Don't touch anything else. Agreed. Put phenomenal Agreed. tires on it and drive it for a few months and figure out what you don't like. Mm and figure out how much you don't like that. Yeah. Because if it's going to be a road car, my concern is you're going to go down the road and put a bunch of stuff on it and not realize you just made it worse. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And yeah. you yeah. might, a road car. and you might not gonna, like it because of the things you did and not know totally. that it's a good car or stock or something. Right? Exactly. Yeah. So, so great tires on it, drive it for a bit. If it's going to be a road car, if it's going to be a track car, you follow the rabbit trail of what Miata's need to have as a track car. Mm. Also, they made a lot of these. Yeah, this is not a car that needs to be preserved. And ninety-four thousand miles too. Yes, it's not just, like it's it's not the Barrett Jackson one that's like oh, plastic on the seats. I yeah, just, right. There's no reason to preserve this car. Make it Let's yours. But I'm not. very concerned with with tuning it too quickly or throwing a bunch of stuff on it mm-hmm. and not knowing if you've made it better or worse. So great tires, drive it, then make the call. Yeah, you may I, not even like it. I mean, he yes. might get to the point where he drives it for a couple months. It's like, ah, oh, this isn't for me. He's, you know, totally. That, totally. Yeah, has, you're right. That's the first yeah. step. But I hope there aren't future Miatas that roll across the auction block that are 150 miles because every one of us is going to be looking at like, why isn't that on track yet? And I know, sort of scuffed up and beat up and why are we doing that yet? They're out there. They're definitely out there. But I, I will say Bobby Reed has excellent taste because he's a fellow Mighty Max owner. Oh, so, ah. yeah. I'm not, <laughs> I'm not I didn't really. realize that was the bar. I'm, I'm missing out. Yeah. Uh, but Bobby Reed also has a lot of other cars. So he's not like a, he's not like a guy <laughs> with like, just like, this is his only car. I know he has a sure. 85 Celica GTS and he has but a I think, 69 I think you guys Corvette are right. and he has like all kinds of well, stuff. Okay. All That's right. right. All right. I think you guys are right on though. It's it's uh, preserve it, but enjoy it and put on some good tires and see how you how it works. Right? Yeah, that's a great call. And, the only reason I, like I, I would say even just replacing the shocks even with fresh stock ones is because it has ninety something thousand miles on it. So start start oh, yeah, there, yeah, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. But I, I agree with you guys. Yes. Like it's especially, and it's an NA. I mean, these things are just they're a they're a hoot straight out of the box, you know. And as you said, tires are yes. where it's at there for sure. 
Yeah, and it'll have fresh Bilsteins on it. At that and point. fresh so Bilsteins, exactly, yeah. Fresh. <laughs> That's right. Cri- crisp, can we throw in crisp maybe next time? Crisp, crisp, fresh, I like it. This is all good, yeah, perfect. Yeah, from yeah, farm to table. All right, uh, Fick Gnarly245 says, uh, you're trapped in a vehicle for 48 hours. You can't get out even for bathroom breaks. What's your car of choice? RVs and campers are off limits. I'll say full-size vans are off limits as well. Yeah, maybe really? like Sprinter vans and stuff. That's a cheat vehicle yeah, here. Yeah. Even if it's like a, you know, a transit or something. Are you driving around during this period of time I or are you just guess sitting so. Still? Yeah, I guess so. Wow. But you got to you got to, you know, take care of business. Go boom boom. <laughs> boom boom. <laughs> seems like in the room. I'd say like a Volvo wagon or an E-class wagon. Ah. So when nice. you're driving, yeah. it's very comfortable. It's actually got a little bit of decent dynamics, a nice place to be, but it's also got all that room. Drop all the seats. You've got room to work with. Mm, that's right. <laughs> space to and, work. Yeah, space I mean, to work and put things far away from yes, your nose. Absolutely. Hold on the floor. We actually just, uh, we just drove a Mercedes GLS 63 AMG, which ah, is yeah. a bad place to spend time. Yeah. No, that's an very absurd nice. Absurd place to spend time, and then you see the price tag and go, "You've got to be kidding me!" But it is yeah. very cool. Yeah, yeah, I'll justify yeah. it for that situation, though. Uh, let's actually Absolutely. let's hear a price tag on that. It's uh, uh, one hundred forty-nine thousand dollars. Mm, well, yeah. yeah, that's a screaming deal. It really is. I'll take two. <laughs> Every well, bit of one hundred and fifty. Yeah, compared to the Maybach uh, equivalent, I mean, you're True. saving. And, and I don't grand. think it's worth stepping up. I mean, you may as well just get yeah. the Mercedes and just be there for exactly. sure. Exactly. Yeah. But I, exactly. yeah, the E-Class wagon, the E sixty three, could be nice too. So. Mm. It's not bad. Seats are. I, initially, initially, I went to minivan just for a practicality reason. I mean, sleeping. Sure. And, Sure, that's that's the best you know sure, rolling no. box to, to solve problems. I solved that for sure. Mm. But there's no fun in in the minivan uh, world. Yeah, and, you're, like and, a it, and you're driving in it too, right? Like you're stuck in this thing for oh, how much? Yeah. How long? A month? Forty-eight hours. Oh, Forty-eight <laughs> hours. <laughs> month. Not a month. There, there is no. I mean, I love cars, but there's no one-month car. There's no thirty-day solve there. What car do you want to? What car do you want to die in? Is the question. Uh, oh man, I'm going yeah. like Bentley or Rolls. You know, shoes off, oh, just yeah. like. Phantom, yeah. yeah, yeah, for sure. I think it's it, definitely a good choice. Be pretty been, comfortable in that thing. A Cullinan, yeah. perhaps. Oh, what that Cullinan, driving yeah. wise is. Yeah. Have you guys driven a Cullinan? We have Haven't. not. I'm not sure. I want yeah. to drive one just due to the shame of being in a thing <laughs> shaped like that. <laughs> uh, I know. Well, it's very on brand, of course. But yeah, I hear you. I'm just curious what that thing is like. I mean, it's got to be just a. I don't know, just a beast. They're they're uh, absurd, ridiculous, and you want to get out just because of the embarrassment level. Like, oh yeah, I, I'm not I'm not associated with this thing. No, 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 no. Right. Yeah, this is not my car. This is not my car. Yeah, and in it's LA, good. it would just be another car. So you, that's where you have to drive it. I think so. You just kind of blend right in. Um, yeah, but yeah. Exactly. My my real answer is Toyota Century, the the latest and newest oh, Toyota Century. Yeah. Sure, sure, sure. Yeah, yeah. yeah. that's okay. a good one. Poor man's yeah. Rolls Royce. Yeah, but I don't. I don't want. I want the 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 uh, the wool interior. I don't want leather. Mm-hmm. Uh, I want to be cozy in there. You know, nice and you want to soak that smell <laughs> into the soak interior. Smell <laughs> into, <laughs> yes, absorb the sweat. Perfect. <laughs> the yeah. Oh, yeah, exactly. Hey Warren, before you ask a question, I have one from Facebook actually. Oh, let's bring it uh, on. So Mike uh, Tinsfold, I believe that's his name. How do you pronounce his last name? He says, "Ask them the color of their houses and ski jackets." <laughs> oh, I I saw this. This is a actually. setup. I just want to note this yeah. is a setup. Yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> we posted a picture uh, for for quite because we're always posting for questions for the podcast. We posted a picture recently that Paul took the last time we went skiing, and we had to explain this discussion because I'm 
we're actually doing it now. Damn it. I'm wearing red, he's wearing blue. So anyway, uh, this I swear to you, it's not planned. I swear, I swear it's not planned. But on our ski jackets, I happen to have a ski jacket that's mostly red because I found one that I bought about a year ago and it was exactly the right size. I love the cut of it. And they only had it in like red and a color that I didn't want at all. It was like, I guess I'm going red. Paul just changed all of his ski gear and happened to find the perfect jacket and it was only available in blue. So we're standing there in the photo wearing the colors for the show. Yeah. So then I start talking on the podcast because I talk too much on the podcast and sharing them at things like the fact that my house happens to be red. <laughs> Again, I bought it red. I've right, painted it right. since because it looks right, but I have a red house too. Hmm. So there you go. Yeah. Well, my house is kind of a Almond color, I guess. It's just stucco almond color. So gotcha. nothing blue. Uh, no, no big news there. But the, I had a red jacket for 15 years. It was a ski jacket and it just finally wore out and I wanted to get new stuff. And they had orange and black and green and blue. Guess what I'm going to pick? You know, uh, I think I think Todd actually ruined your jacket, so you had to get a new ah, one. And now you're sabotaged. Forced, you're forced into it. Yeah. I had red for yeah, 15 years, and we were both in red. It was like what, whatever. I didn't really, yeah. but you know, yeah. I mean, but it is whatever. nice to get into a, a nice fresh ski jacket, right? Uh, just to yes. continue the theme. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I own things that aren't red. I want that noted. The yellow Elise being a great example, but I own non-red things. I'm actually a big fan of blue, but it's just. <laughs> Yeah, Fan. I'll give you. Uh, I'll give you an exclusive. Actually, when we first started this show, I said to Paul, "I said one of us should wear red, one of us should wear blue. We'll have consistent branding. We'll have logos on the shirts. What wow. color do you want?" And he said, "I'll go blue." And I went, "Damn it!" Because I really wanted blue. But anyway, I'm the guy in red, so it's all good. Yeah. Oh, nice. All right. Well, there's a bonus trivia. I was just looking at jackets actually at Patagonia. Um, what's their most expensive parka? I have no idea. Patagonia. I don't know. Any guesses? I was a little blown away because I haven't, I haven't been in the parka. Sure, it's got a hefty comma in it. I have no doubt. Uh, I was going to say 500 bucks. I'm gonna go, That's kind of what no. I was thinking. I'm going to go 1400 Bob. 1400 Well, no, this is not uh, uh, Uniqlo or whatever. I'm going to say $799. <laughs> you are really close. $899 for their okay. top-of-the-line parka. So. Okay. What colors do they offer? <laughs> they only had uh, blue and red. Oh, <laughs> See, so it's, we're not insane. I'm joking. These I'm joking. Things are made in. Patagonia is an amazing company, by the way. Like, if you look into them, like yeah. their, their stuff is very yeah. expensive, and it's but it's extremely well made, and they're they have like an incredible like return policy and like like all this other stuff. But they're just a very good company. Like, it's it's amazing that their whole philosophy is like we're just going to do what's right, and we have to price our products at a certain price point, and we're going to take care of our employees, and we're going to take care of the environment, and do well by everyone, and. If people buy the stuff, that's awesome. You know, like we don't necessarily need to be the market leader and margin and oh, all this okay. stuff. And so Jeez. they, and it works. It's, it's really cool. <laughs> yeah. Like I, I, I'm a, I'm a I big think, fan of Patagucci. Yeah, I can I tell. Think, uh, <laughs> this podcast is brought announce, to you by Patagonia. <laughs> uh, yeah, we should announce our current sponsor, uh, Patagonia by Art Cervantes. Yeah, uh, check them out, patagonia.com forward slash DWA. <laughs> if, they, if, they, hey, if they hook up, if they hook up $900 nice. parkas. Very I'm, nice. I'm down. <laughs> all right. Um, Got a couple more here. Um, this one is from It's a Jump to Conclusions, Matt. Mm. says, <laughs> Oh, good. What's the greatest sounding race car of the 90s? Ooh. 90s. I'm not going to say what his money is on, but uh, oh, I, I don't want to sway you. I would like to guess. Can I guess? If I nail it, will you tell me? Please. I'm guessing he, no, you he's, can tell me what you, his money is on oh, yeah, Mazda yeah. 787B. Dude, I was going to say that too. Yeah. Mm. No, it's not. Not 
It's oh. actually something I wouldn't have expected. Oh, interesting. All right. Uh, for a V10 Formula One car. Pretty damn good. Uh, yeah. There. Pretty that's good, good right? I'll, I'll, the, yeah. the V10 era is hard to beat. I'll go. Yeah. I'll go early '90s for, uh, Ferrari V12 uh, F1 car, okay. like the uh, 641. Yeah, how can you really compete against that? Actually, is that an '89? Um, no, that's a '90. That's a '90. I'm, I'm making. I'm just in there. Just in there. McLaren yeah. F1 yeah. sound pretty good. Yeah, yeah. especially the, the Le Mans era McLaren F1. I was wondering about that. Yeah, guy too. that's yeah. pretty amazing. Mm. Yeah. So his answer was uh, late '90s cart or champ car. I don't even huh. know what that sounds like. It, you know, indie cars yeah. of the late yeah. '90s. Those were V8s. Those were turbo V8s, were they not? Not at that I think point. So, and I just I don't think in the late '80s. The they weren't turbo yet. Or in the early '90s. Wait, sorry, late '90s. Early, early '90s. Late '90s. Uh, hmm, I don't think so. So the uh, the cart race. Well, the the Long Beach Grand Prix is the only cart race left over from that era, and then IndyCar absorbed that, but kept the Long Beach race mm. because they liked it. But that was the cart thing. It was you know two competing mm. factions essentially. Yeah. IndyCar right. was known for ovals. Cart was known for road courses, but they kept that as part of the, the calendar so i always whenever i hear long beach i always think cart because that was the paul tracy era in those oh, cars okay well by the way yeah. huge huge uh, missed missed opportunity here uh they could have called it candy the uh indy cart uh what do you call it merger i don't know if that's <laughs> there you go. Yeah. Candy. I'm not sure that caught on with enthusiasm. I like that. I like that. I, I do like the the old uh, '80s Formula One sponsor, uh, Candy. Have you guys seen that? I think it's a yes. it's like a, uh, a like a w- appliance uh, manufacturer or brand in in Europe. It's uh, remember yeah. the Tolman Candy. I like the cameo. I like the cameo song, Candy. Oh, but that's, that's I do know that song. Now we're, now we're way off the weeds. Somebody <laughs> yeah, you know. back. Yeah, that's you know. <laughs> this isn't very fresh. <laughs> this is what happens. All right. Um. All right, uh, something we touched on before we started recording here. Uh, Jay Palau13 says, what is the best Utah fun driving road trip? Hmm. Road trip. A road trip, so like an overnight or? Uh... Yeah, maybe even like three days or something. You know, kind of like uh, we do We do Coastal Range rallies here, uh, two or three day driving events through the, the back roads. And I've been through some of some of Utah, but maybe you have like a, an, a weekend loop that you do or something that you could turn people on to. There's add, add road, add pieces of road to it, I suppose. Yeah, There's yeah. a ton of great ones. I mean, one of the, one of the best stretches in Utah is between uh, a town called Torrey, which is almost dead center of Utah, Torrey and Bryce on highway 12. So it's, good. Yeah. It's spectacular. And you know, it's yeah. also not only one of those things that just looks really good and is fun to drive, but you can actually stop along the way and you can go off into the wilderness and do hikes and come back to your car and keep driving, which is really, really cool. That area is great. Um, there's a lot of like unsung stuff in the northern half of Utah that we've been on and shot on and been yep. like, this is just a road. Why is it great? Mm-hmm. You know, right. so I mean, there's there's a lot of stuff like that where it's, it's just kind of like the road between two great roads. And it's good, too. It's one of the cool things about Utah. There's a road just south of Salt Lake called Nebo Loop. Mm-hmm. that is kind of a locals road it's it's one of those roads that half of it is about a lane and a half wide so you got to kind of go knowing you know be careful that one's great and then uh, we do a road not very far from us called wolf creek pass nice. kind of in the upper uh northeast corner of utah that we've used for a lot of shoots it's one of those roads that uh, it's kind of like highway 33 north of los angeles mm-hmm. where about every five miles it changes 
So mm-hmm. we love it for that reason too. There's the top three I can think of. There's, yeah, we, have, oh, sorry, we also shot on uh, 150 Highway 150 that leads up out of here. Mirror Lake, yeah. And uh, yeah, Mirror Lake Highway. And then uh, once it actually points towards Wyoming, it just gets flat and straight, mm-hmm. and you can put it down. Oh, okay. So, there is- so quick question. Um, I I don't remember what video I saw of yours, but it might have been the Cayman GTS. Uh, there's this uh, drone shot where. It's a beautiful, fast-looking, flowy road, but it's perfectly paved in, like, brand-new, like, black asphalt with oh, no center yeah. line. What, what road is that? That was a freshly piece of freshly paved piece of road not far from here out of Midway, a town called Midway. And we shot the Lexus LC500 convertible against the Corvette uh, C8 convertible on mm-hmm. that. And, yeah, you're right. It was just paved, but it was the tail end section that had never existed from um, – uh, what is, um, what am I thinking? Cascade Springs to, to Midway. Yeah, thank you. Cascade Springs yeah. up over. So it's Cascade Springs essentially linking to Midway and they had just paved it towards the end of the year. And so nobody had really known about it yet. And the bottom half of that will have houses. There's a golf course down there and the, uh, Soldier Hollow 2002 Nordic skiing facility down yeah. there. So, uh, that's sort of at the base, but then this just comes up over the mountain and then links to Cascade Springs perfectly paved i'm sure it's going to get found out now and yeah people are gonna i mean yeah, well it's... well you know th- yeah. that's actually something that I, w- I mean i wanted to bring up a little bit is we are pretty protective about our roads around here because there's a lot of people you know it's it's at the metropolitan area yeah. here is it's, it's very sure. densely populated and so um you know some we're pretty open about but some we're protective about but like you guys it seems like not as populated maybe you get sort of once you get out of town like it's not as as bad i don't know maybe that's an assumption but depending um, on the day we've also got open range here which means animals on the road and sheep and cows will just come out onto the road yeah so we've got a we've got a different problem here but uh bear yeah yeah, it just depends on the the location yeah because there's a lot of people who do the uh the utvs the off-roading and Mm. so they'll just you know in the winter, it's snowmobiling. In the summer, it's UTVs and hunters and that yeah. kind of thing. So it's a different crowd, but it's still pretty populated. Okay. I mean, you know, we we used to live in LA, and of course, you know, all of the good roads in LA are known and they're trafficked and that kind of stuff. One of the things that we've tried to do, besides the fact that we've found roads that aren't all that people, but one of the things that we've tried to do is shoot only midweek because that obviously helps for traffic because yeah. just we just can't shoot on weekends no matter where we go. We've got a general less less traffic in Utah than we ever found in any of the good California roads. But the other thing that's been helpful for us is you do the road that is a two to three hour drive to get there. Mm. And then you're kind of there by yourself because you're not, you know, I mean, that was the, always the problem with LA roads is yeah, it took you an hour to get across through traffic, but everybody can take that hour and now be there. You know, if you, if you drove two to three hours to get to the road, what we typically find on a lot of those fun roads is it's us and campers because it's people that are on the family vacation and nobody came out just to drive for fun. So that's always cool. (laughs) Yeah, that's cool. How uh, tempting is it to get into the off-road stuff? I imagine you have a lot of gravel roads and fire roads and stuff. Um, It almost seems like a prerequisite that you'd have to have that option in your quiver. Is that something you guys have gone down, uh, down the road, so to speak? We're exploring it more. We're, you know, looking more. And and actually, Utah continues to surprise us as we look for places to shoot. And uh, just recently found a new place for the Ram TRX, which we jumped over and over and over. We just found jumps and just decided if you're going to hand us a truck with a feature called jump detection, guess what we're going to do with it? So we found this this area and uh, we were out there by ourselves. Uh, there's a lot of off-roading here, of course, Moab and all skill levels down in Moab. You know, 
8% of me loves trucks, but it's what people are buying and we're continually driving more and more and doing more off-road testing because it's what people are looking for. They're, they're wanting to know. So it's, it's not altruism. It's, you know, we're doing it for purposes of the audience and, and wanting to know what, what that's like so we can speak to it. I mean, I, uh, I think at some point we've done these cheap sports car challenges. We did sedans and now we're doing our cheap sports cars. And, you know, I think at some point we're going to have to, I'm saying it publicly here. I'm going to have to do uh, cheap off rotors and just do that and yeah. see if we can get broken down in the middle of nowhere somewhere, yeah, which is yeah. Paul's worst nightmare. And I'll laugh about it for a while and then get angry. That'll be how that'll work. So, uh, yeah. but, but the, you know, so I think we're going to have to, but I just, I love sports cars so much. I love the feel of it so much that I'm not as drawn to off-roading. Sure. Um, my favorite thing is you take the sports car to the hike or the sports car to the rock climb. I like yeah, being that yeah. guy that rolls up in the thing is like that guy showed up with all climbing gear. Are you kidding? I enjoy that. So, um, the, the thing about offer, look, I'm going to probably get angry letters for this everyday driver TV at <laughs> Gmail. I'll just yeah. go ahead and say it. It's <laughs> well, fine. Don't, yeah. don't email but, no, but, um, <laughs> the thing I find about true off-roading and we've done Moab and all that kind of stuff. Off-roading has the same problem as boating, which is, People decide I can now do this at high speed, high level, and get drunk. Ah. That bothers me. Mm, because thought about that. You shouldn't. And yeah. I've seen guys doing crazy thing in a razor with the kids in the back and a beer in one hand. And I'm just thinking. Yeah, I, I think don't it's, know. you get it. I don't you know, get know how that, well that goes. You, you know, maybe I'm too much of a dad in that moment. But this is this right. is the concern I have with off-roading. Now, overlanding guys, different animal, but just kind of the general off-road free-for-all. Uh, this is always my concern. So sure. I kind of stay awake. Yeah. It's, it's probably that campground vibe where you're, you're partying on vacation and, and yeah. while we're at it, let's go do donuts and, you know, uh, go up a trail. But I oh. kind of look at it, um, in California at least, is it, it's a, it's a way to unlock a lot more possibilities of exploring, oh, really? you know? Of so I've, I, but I've never gone down that path. I've never had like a true overlanding off-road vehicle. So it's, it's something I'm, I'm curious about. And, being in Utah, I figured it's like, there's not that many roads. Like in, in California, we have all these little goat trails that have been paved and they're Absolutely. through the mountains, but it feels like in places with heavy snow, I don't know if that's the real factor, but they just didn't mess with a lot of paved roads. It was like, you're right. We'll do some, we'll do a couple good ones and we'll make them safe and they'll, they'll be usable, but we're not going to make all these little, you know, switchbacks and, and tight, tight stuff. So totally agree that, that we did a feature film called Vintage of the Mountains years ago it was, uh, the Elise, the Cayman, and the Alpha 4C when the Alpha came out. Mm -hmm. And that's one of the things that we talked about on the podcast and elsewhere is the fact that if you see a squiggle on the map in California, that squiggle's paved. Mm -hmm. yeah. And maybe 30% of them in Colorado or Utah are paved, and the rest of them are all dirt. And you're right, it, it opens up a lot of things. There's actually a trail, and I forget the name of it, but there's a trail that you can do Utah south to north and never touch pavement. Wow. And I'm intrigued by yeah, that. I mean, I the outdoorsman yeah. in me who thinks that'd be really cool. But, you know, and that's kind of more the overlanding thing where we're going to take a trip and we're just going to be moving every day. That'd be fun. But uh, that right. feels that's like... not just screwing around on something and yeah. totally. trying stuff. Totally. And then, you know, you get confidence and then you do something that is beyond your capabilities. So Exactly. You know. yeah, like giving us a Ram TRX. It's the same kind of thing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We've, uh, does we've talked about planning rallies, you know, in the Southwest and stuff. Um, and there are highways that, turn into dirt mm. and they go like that for a long time. And you being in California, that just isn't a thing. So it's, yeah. it is kind of a different vehicle requirement um, to have fun on that stuff. And were you leading nice to, to Safari 911s? Is that what I'm hearing? <laughs> yeah. So we have a, we have a, uh, the new singer uh, in the garage here. And, <laughs> um, did you guys hear about that? Yeah. That uh, Porsche the Porsche thing. Got yeah. Porsche. A little yeah. upset and told them to take down 
Like there's no more record of it on their site now. Indeed. Just, but I'm sure they'll fix the Porsche badging because they want it to be, you know, they, they want the, the Porsche name to be associated with the cars that come out. I of know. The I back. thought you'd, it's and like such an amazing thing for Porsche to be putting the flag on. They had on, to tread right? the, the line carefully. They had to say, well, you know, we, we love what you're doing. We love the aftermarket community. We love yeah. the proliferation of Porsches. And I actually, I love their investigation into synthetic fuels. What other car company cares about their legacy? Yeah. Yeah. yeah right. and also you, they care. No. So, you, so it, uh, I, I like it, that. The opposite yeah. is BMW, which has commercials now where it's basically calling a 740i E38 an old timer and saying it's a stupid car. You know, the, the, have you seen that? The electric yeah. car calling it grandpa and like, you don't know what I you're talking about. Actually, you're no. dis, you're disposable and all this stuff. And he's Ooh, talking to an E38 7 series. <laughs> and it's like, man, what are you doing? You know, where Porsche like yeah. is embracing their old cars. And they're like, hey, yeah. we're going to make parts for these. We're going to make classic motor oil. We're going to, you know, yes. it's very, and, and uh, yeah. That's it's, encouraging. It's, ins- I mean, I would recommend you guys watch this commercial it sounds with, it yeah. is it is insane it just came out like uh yeah uh, a month ago and, or something. and, it's, it's and what there. is it he's calling he's oh the old car the e38 just keeps going shut up shut up shut up <laughs> yeah it's a very really? very it's poorly it made it's really weird yeah I think and if Porsche's, that doesn't make you angry enough here's some beaver teeth <laughs> yeah exactly yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly. Yeah, we were already pissed off enough um i think also the porsche is probably trying to close the door on lesser modifiers uh than singer you know to yeah uh maybe just make a statement like hey sure. this is uh, totally this is not okay i mean i yeah. i can understand both sides i i definitely yeah can. it's i agree you know your your employees of one or the other company and and i can see both sides but yeah. i i think totally. it will be i think it will reappear and everybody yeah. will know and we'll all be fine with this speaking so. of bands uh this could be a, a, a crazy rabbit hole but um i don't know i'll let i'll let leave that to everyone to decide but um did you guys hear about the uh the Haas uh the Russian Formula 1 driver's um car the uh, he's yep. he's he's in the Haas, the Haas Formula 1 team uh, Marzipan yeah Mar- Marzipan <laughs> or Mar- or, sorry <laughs> Is it Marzipan? Let's go with that. Let's I, like, I like it. Marzipan, uh, Ritter Sport. Yeah. Um, but um, yeah, I mean, it's it's pretty amazing though, right? Because this they basically blatantly like draped a, a Russian flag across uh, you know this car or down the car, and uh, you know the whole thing is that they due to some like doping incidents, I think during the Olympics, right? They actually got were banned from. Uh, from presenting their flag anywhere publicly or associated when yeah. it's associated with a sport. Yeah. And, um, and in this case, somehow they thought it was okay because in the books, it did not say that race car liveries were part of that. It was just like yeah. physical flags and I didn't hear about that and, and, and uh, uniforms and things of that nature. So it's currently being investigated, but I mean, it, it's like yeah. literally a Russian flag from the front of the car all the way to the back. So it's, it's fascinating. Yeah. Uh, no, it, yeah, yeah. I'm curious to see how that shakes out because yeah. I, yeah. I've noticed that as well and really wondered about yeah. it. I'll say in any case, when, when we're all confused and we're wondering how they get away with blank controversy, follow the money. Just follow yeah. the This is very yeah, true. Yeah, exactly. This is very, very true. And, exactly. and I wouldn't be surprised, you know, even if it is, if well, first of all, yes, money is heavily involved. But um, 
if it is kind of like a, an fu to uh, the organizations that banned them, and, like they found a loophole. Mm, like, that's yeah, sort of it's kind of a baby, statement yeah. I feel almost, uh, which is kind yeah. of hardcore. Yeah. But anyways, sorry. <laughs> I did see a remake of that livery where they added some green and make it made it a casserole livery, mm. uh, and it it was like kind of one of the best liveries I've seen in a long time. So, oh, right. yeah, okay. it, it was great. They have yeah, it looks they have it old they have it ready to, to deploy or whatever, right? Yeah, because yeah. it is a very classic. I mean the livery the design of the livery is very you know very classic yeah. and clean um but yes it is a russian flag yeah. clearly well, it's not an american flag i'm, I'm pretty sure so um, yeah well, which would actually be more not, controversial it is the american uh, race team too which is like crazy yeah. that's pretty exactly. bizarre. Uh, yeah. yeah powered by ferrari right yes still yes 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 oh yeah hopefully yeah. a little faster that. this year I still don't understand the mission winnow from Ferrari. Winning <laughs> yeah. winnow? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't get it. They no try. Idea. They try any way they can. Yeah. <laughs> uh, looks like we have one more here if you guys are up for it. Yeah, yeah. sure. All right. Um, Cars and Comments says What Radwood era car would you most like to add to your garage? Whoa. Mm. 1980 through 1999. Yep. Uh, Acura NSX first gen. Nice, good choice. Art's like I, I love people. People have heard me talk about the 300ZX. I had one. I'd like to have another one. I had had one that was not the spec I'd like. I'd love to have a late model twin uh, twin turbo manual, which is nothing of what mine was. I would like that because I could possibly afford that. I can't afford the NSX I want because it's almost twice as much. Mm. I would love to have an NSX. Top of the list for sure. Those are cool. Lane, I like your transaxle era, the, the transaxle era from Porsche. I, most people know I've always loved the 928, love those. Uh, I've always had a kind of a weird thing for the Mercedes E500 mm, in yeah. a weird way. Oh, we're, always, we're fans. Yeah. I just, it's a Porsche Mercedes, right? So that, that makes sense. Exactly. You, you saw the through line. Yeah. You but, saw uh, that coming. Yeah. Okay, so how about this? Anything from Stuttgart? Oh okay? yeah, right. Anything, right. Oh, anything. Right. Whoa! <laughs> not nice. like you're not wow. you're not okay. saying nine five nine or your or nine sixty eight Turbo S or something. Crazy. Sure, because Mercedes yeah, yeah. is on one end of town and Porsche yeah, yeah. is on the other end. Of town, yeah. so. <laughs> that's a art. Art had a ninety one NSX a few years yeah. ago. Oh, wow! So. Yeah, they're yeah, really really cool. awesome cars for sure. Why did you get rid of it? Uh, because I, I have a car ADD, they call it. Uh, and so I, I've never been able to really get, become fully enamored by a car so much that I want to keep it. I just, I, and, and it's, it's the thing that I've had, you know, you have your assets, right? You have your home, you have your daily driver family car, and then you have your toys. And so, um, totally. I can't afford to do all of that if I keep all of my toys. So the toys have to kind of sure. be on this rotating deal and that money gets reinvested into another toy and that's the way it goes. Um, and, uh, and also it's, it's, a, it's even, you know, just from the simple fact that I love to experience a lot of stuff and, and, and part of the, the, the whole ownership thing is, is the, the, the hunt, right? It's the hunt and the acquisition and finding sure. what you're looking for sure. and all that. I, I just, I'm a big fan of all that, but that's kind of, uh, in a nutshell, why I sold gotcha. it? Not so, not so much a nutshell. More like a what I like to call a short story long, right? Um, but um, <laughs> so kitchen think, remodel is yeah, what I'm hearing. I, I think is, I think is short. It. That short little list right around that period was like nine nine three to NSX to Clown Shoe to Celica Alltrack. Oh right, so yeah, just, my Celica Alltrack. All within like two, all within, and that was all within like two years essentially. 
from the time he said, you know, he had the 993 for two years, but then once that was done, it was all all that stuff was within. Yeah, the but two while years, I had so the 993, like, I also had a really pretty like oh, fully built uh, BMW 2002, and like and then that right. sort of side of the garage mm. was rotating, but then the 993 was that th- that spot in the garage was um, you know held by the 993 for two That's years right. or so, but. Uh, but yeah, I'm a big fan. I think the only thing personally, you know, again, it's entirely based on your environment um, and what roads you drive on. I would want to do the Japanese gear set. Um, you know, the, the gears are just too long for the type of driving we do. Like the roads in, in, in our neck of the woods are, are very tight and twisty and technical. And, you know, there are some sections that open up, but nothing like, like um, you know, like the, you, know, you guys know the Angeles Crest and stuff like that. Like there's a few places like that, but it's it's yeah. definitely more, more mm. tight mountain-y roads. And you're just always in first gear. You occasionally get into second, then you're right back down at first, and it's kind of awkward, right? It's not like a yeah. It's that's the one yeah. thing that I, I was not a fan of. Otherwise, I mean, I love every single thing about them. They're 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 amazing cars. I highly recommend them. I think they're still undervalued. I mean, I know they're expensive, but mm-hmm. I mean, like just yeah, yeah. for what they are. Oh, I hear you. Um, you know, they're 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 awesome cars. Nice. If we went money, no object, I have a different answer though, and that would be the Jaguar XJ220. Oh, yeah, interesting. Oh. Nice. Love that thing. That's a cool car. Love that it, thing. Yeah. Yeah. I do too. I love those. But you got to bring, I mean, by the time you bring that many buckets of cash, I'm going to buy something else. <laughs> but if we're staying Redwood era, done. I, yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm Porsche 959. We we had an opportunity to drive one. I, I still can't believe we actually drove one. Nice. And the second turbo doesn't come on until way high in the rev range. You think I've seen all the power this thing is going to yeah. make. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Was it, it a was stock nice. one or a Canepa one? It was stock. It was fully stock uh, being sold by our friends at Lux Automotive here in Salt Lake. And it did sell. And we got to drive it against a GT2 RS. So it was about Porsche cars. They're supercars 30 years apart. Cool. That's awesome. uh, Yeah, that was just quite a day. Quite a day. Still steered into my Have you guys driven a 993 Turbo or 993 Turbo S? Have not. Okay, I'm, no, I'm very, very no. curious to like see how they compare from uh, like driving dynamics. Oh, to yeah, a nine five nine. To a nine five nine. Yeah, an overall feel. Yeah, because you've yeah. driven turbo turbos, right? Right. Yeah, I'm just curious because yeah. yeah. I, I feel like obviously nine five nine total icon, incredible machine for the time, all the oh, tech, yeah. all that stuff. But it's like you know, 120 grand or a million dollars, right? It's like <laughs> totally. Yeah. 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 Well, I, I doubt I doubt the delta is there as far as experience is concerned. Mm. I, I, yeah. I, I, think I doubt you'll be turbo 993. Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of like Mighty Max or TRX. Right. Where it's like <laughs> exactly. Right. They're there. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. I can I like go to the dump Mighty too. Mighty Max just I keeps can... working its way back <laughs> in the conversation. He we just... we hate it so much, and that's why he he likes to bring it up. I love it. This is awesome. Yeah. Oh, by by the way, this is a uh, you know. Related, of course, the the Mighty Max uh, uh, passenger armrest uh, has a sinkhole. We talked about that, and um, a listener reached out to 3D print a new one. Whoa, Whoa cool! All right, so I'm going to take this one off. I'm going to bring it to him, and uh, I'm going to get a, a fancy pants armrest. See, cool. Mark, there cool. you go. I mean, what other person is offering car parts to <laughs> yeah, know. You know, for their cars? Right? Exactly. <laughs> right. This is finally the podcast has paid off. Yeah. So there you go. That, now, now you can just close it down. You can be done. Exactly. The joke yeah. I've made forever is that Paul keeps wanting two people that we do a car debate for to trade pink slips. Mm. Oh, yeah. And oh. I'm terrified because I think when that actually happens, he's just going to be like, I'm done. I'm out. No more podcast. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah. Yeah, right. Don't ever yeah, let it keep happen. It, yeah. Keep it classy. I always um, advertise. Right. We are um, basically wrapped up here. Um, 
and we usually do some trivia. If you have a few more minutes for us, sure. Yeah, yeah. sure. Okay. Should we? Uh, well, I want I want um, him to get. I want to hear about a little bit about Everyday Driver, like what yeah, what yeah. it is. You yeah, guys yeah. do quite a few. I just things. didn't know uh, time time constraints. So yeah, yeah whatever How are you guys doing? Guys. We're doing okay, okay now. We're okay, good. sweet. Okay. Uh, but yeah. yeah, just in general, I mean, obviously, you guys are uh, been around a while. Um, what like late two thousands, I think. Uh, you guys have done all sorts of different types of videos. You know, have a podcast. There's a TV show in the mix. Uh, yeah, like. Tell us about it. The The short version, there's a long version. The <laughs> short version is uh, we, we started it in 07. Uh, I came out of the film industry and Paul was my car guy friend. And so I roped him in to try to do, for lack of a better way to put it, there was at the time there was Motor Week on one end oh, yeah. and Top Gear on the other. Mm. And I was like, where's the middle? Yeah. You know, where's the stuff that is engaging and fun to watch and well shot and thought about in those regards? But I could buy that car, yep. you know? And so that was kind of the premise. But my thinking coming out of the film industry, I was only thinking TV show. So we shot a TV pilot in 07 and we shopped it in 08 right as the economy took a dive. Mm -hmm. So that went well. And uh, and so we ended up putting all that stuff on YouTube because all the conversations were we really like what you guys have done, but nobody's buying. So right about that time, YouTube was shifting away from just cat videos and starting to put ads on the front of things. We were actually in the beta program for the whole ad idea on YouTube. That's great. In, cool. uh, in early 08, they came to us, which was crazy. So we didn't have any idea how to do YouTube. We didn't set out to do YouTube. We totally, you know, vaguely figured it out. And it wasn't until early 09, we started even doing consistent videos. Uh, we started to get press cards, that kind of thing. But my headspace was very much, I'm making a TV show and this is just my distribution outlet, which is not really the right thing for YouTube, even to this day. So um, it, we, along the way, we, I mean, we kept doing stuff consistently, but along the way, we were actually on Matt Ferris' podcast a couple of times. And when we were on there, people were, people were telling us, you guys should do a podcast. And I was like, what about? <laughs> but we started getting so much email because I feel like Matt's done that, did, did that vibe very well. And we were on there thinking that's not our vibe. Mm-hmm. But um, we started getting so much email about people doing what our podcast became. I'm this person. I have a car like this. I have this much money. What should I buy? Mm-hmm. And Paul and I were talking one day and we just kind of agreed that's the podcast. So we started that in 2014. We'd done one feature film at that point. We'd done the 50 years of 9-11 in 2013 for the 50th anniversary. And so the podcast became this new thing that allowed us to do a lot more frequent uh, output than video ever did for YouTube. And that by about 2015, 16, we had somebody approach us about actually getting the show on television. So our first season was 2017. And we kind of fell across the finish line, taking some old YouTube content, repurposing it, recutting it for TV and seeing does this even work. Found another audience there, which was very cool. So now we have TV show, two podcasts a week, two YouTube channels. Uh, we do feature films almost once a year. And we do trips to Germany and uh, Belgium to drive the ring and spa. And then we kind of fall over and try to get some sleep. <laughs> that sounds like Not a fantastic nice. way to live to me. <laughs> it is it's phenomenal that's awesome yeah. congrats what are your two youtube channels i'm not aware of I yes know uh, well we've expanded because m- much of the press cars many of them are suvs not, oh okay gotcha and usually what we get from press manufacturers are the cars they want to sell right now mm-hmm. they want those cars in the news they want coverage on those because this is the new thing family minivan, SUV, whatever that is. And so we were realizing as we've been asking for press cars more and more, and we work with uh, the press leads out of Denver, that 
the car companies, you know, if, if we go to them and say, hey, we want some sort of specialized thing, well, that's not really what we're trying to sell right now. We're trying to sell you this, you know, single cylinder, one liter, stupid something. Great. Where is the place to put that? And from the original channel, we wanted our challenges to be on there. I started doing design videos. So I come from a, a car design background. And uh, that was the other thing. Uh, side note, Todd is a very talented director. He's, you know, when anytime we're on set, he's got the vision of what he wants the camera to see. He always tells all of us, the camera lies. Let's make it lie. Let's make it do the thing we want it to see. Mm -hmm. And so he comes from editing, filmmaking, directing, screenwriting, all those things, background. And I come from car design. And so what everything I've learned about filmmaking, he's taught me and everything he's learned about car design, I've taught him. So that's, that's our, uh, you know, where we're coming from. So I started to do car design videos, you know, other things that we wanted to do, like specialized 959 videos that we, where do we put that video? That's not what our you know, our foundation. That's mm -hmm. not what people were originally asking for. Hey, you guys seem to know something about cars. Would you go to the dealership with me and help me not be afraid of this salesperson so I can, you know, not feel like I <laughs> did poorly. Mm -hmm. And uh, so we started the second YouTube channel for drive homework. We call what are all of our suggestions to people who write to us, drive homework. We'll assign drive homework. We, we wanted an outlet for them to go do use it as part of their research to understand what do we think of it? Do we, do we actually like it? Because you can read all the stats and specs and hear all the stuff about it, but did you like the car? Is it actually nice? Is it fun to be here? Should I, should I buy it for my wife? Should I, you know what I mean? Hmm. So that was the, uh, the offshoot. And so that's been growing. That's been a nice place for us to put the single car reviews that are trucks. Yeah. Warren, as you said, you know, as we're getting more into trucks, but it's, the new 2500 Silverado. So, okay, let's talk about that. Yeah. You know, we'll put that over on the second test drive channel. So it's test drive videos and mm -hmm. uh, you can get to it to either one. Your motto, I think it's like, if you have to drive, you know, everyday driver, but drive something fun, essentially, right? Well, so, yeah, we, so we then, all, yeah, we all drive cars every day. They should be fun exactly. is then the premise. And yeah. the original channel was all, I mean, frankly, because that was TV stuff we didn't have a TV outlet for. Mm -hmm. So it was comparisons of cars with, with an enthusiast bent. So once we started throwing a lot of press cars that we were getting that were the, the latest five-seat SUV at yeah. that channel, yeah. we just watched engagement take a dive. Mm -hmm. But we thought, okay, we will still want to drive those. They're relevant to discussions on the podcast, et cetera. So that's why we created the Test Drive Videos channel that is where all of that stuff goes. And that allows us to have a little bit different formats on each channel too, which we really like. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's cool. And it, yeah, you opens up a different market for you guys, right? Totally. So, yeah. 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 Amazingly, the audiences are different between TV, between, uh, you know, the two YouTube channels, there's different comments. You would think that everybody consumes everything. There's people who don't use YouTube, if you can believe it. It's, mm -hmm. it's amazing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 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 I think it also depends on how you consume YouTube as well. Right. Like oh, I, I know yeah, for, that's, personally, that's I only consume it on my television through Apple TV and no uh, therefore I want longer form stuff, meaning sure. over 15 minutes or something, because <laughs> I find it annoying if there's a two minute video, I'm like, I know something lame is going to come on after, and then I'm going to have to switch it where I kind of put it on as background stuff and I want something a little oh, yeah. longer. Right. And and uh, cool. I think I'm rare in that case where I think a lot of like say millennials or whatever, you know, they're they're more about like the two minute, you know, fast stuff or tick drag stuff. racing or something like that, you know. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. yeah, it's all different 
way you consume stuff is very different, you know? So I don't know. Right. Yeah. Right. Totally. And then, you know, and this goes all the way back to the, the, one of the first questions we got today. Uh, I, 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 you know, personally have been super into Rattarosa. Do you follow Rattarosa? Uh, he's, no, he's this guy in no. England who basically restored, <laughs> restored more like, put, <laughs> uh, uh, but put, um, bear with me, a Ferrari Testarossa that you bought in pieces back on the road, okay. but with the roof sawed off. So this is not like a Strawman or, you know, like, uh, like a legitimate convertible or cab. This is something that was, uh, you know, hacked up by someone at some point. And this guy put it oh, back Lord. together as like a rat rod and like, it's like half primered and different colors and, and it's like yeah. mechanically very sound. And like his channel is all about like restoring, like really like old, like old Ferraris mostly, but he does some other stuff. And then recently he acquired, um, a 512 BBI uh, that he found on in someone's driveway sitting for 15, 20 years. And he managed to basically, you know, uh, uh, pull it, uh, what was the word I'm looking for here, kind of wrangle it away from the owner, like who was just super adamant about not selling it. And like he eventually got out, uh, got the car and is now like completely restoring it. Like uh, basically like completely has completely disassembled it. Um, and is, is rebuilding every single part of it. Like that sound that to me is like my type of content, but I only consume that maybe once or twice a week, maybe. And I'm, I'm sure. just simply too busy during the day and even in the evenings with family and everything to, to consume That's most cool. content. I didn't, yeah. Yeah. I didn't know he had a YouTube channel, but he was at our. Radwood at Goodwood, our our Radwood car show at Goodwood. Oh, that's so, cool. Yeah, yeah that's, that's that car was there. He so. brought the the Testarossa out. Yeah, but yeah. it's so cool. But, it's such a cool yeah. car. Yeah, but anyways, yeah, just like so. Yeah. Again, you know how you consume it. I was thinking, okay, like I want long form as well, uh, uh, Lane, and and it's almost like that treat that I get once a week at 11 p.m. when I'm by myself in the living room, yeah. you know. And it is on yeah. my on my big screen TV. It's on or big screen TV rather, and it's not on my laptop. Yeah. I'm probably doing something else simultaneously. Yeah, uh, because that's the thing I. I am always on my laptop working, so therefore oh. I'm not watching YouTube on my laptop. I have it on. You, you want know. the separation? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I need to be. I'm always doing three things essentially, so I can't just yeah. sit there and watch YouTube all day. But but I do like YouTube content, and I have watched a lot of you guys' stuff. I watched the Corvette. I'm a big Corvette hater, so but I did watch the history, the Corvette video you guys did. I watched the 911 feature. I, um, you know, I've, I I've just watched. watched Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, I was just going to say, I just watched your uh, Phaeton versus Quattroporte, a few of those videos, and that's right up my alley because I am I'm so drawn to those types of cars, and I I see the diamonds in the rough, but I know better because I've been around repair shops for 10 years. and uh, That's cool. I, but uh, watching you guys basically, you know, be the gluttons uh, for us to, to actually <laughs> totally. take those projects on. Totally. Um, all of it, like even the details where you're like, here's the startup of the Quattroporte with the hood open and I can hear exactly what's going on. I'm like, oh God. <laughs> and the screens, like the Phaeton, are you kidding me? The whole thing runs through the freaking uh, entertainment screen. And Yes. Yes. Wow. so God, stupid. The brain in that car because it can get and kill everything mm. for sure. Yeah. And it's funny what I saw. Uh, Chris Harris had a video from a few years back where he he got to test drive the LaFerrari and the um, the 918 and the the McLaren, and just that came on after one of your videos. I think it just you know auto played, and, uh, and I was like, what? That's right. He did this test, and those cars already to me seem so outdated. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, it's like those cars that are enter- completely packed with technology, like the Phaeton. Just there's just no chance. You have no chance unless yeah. that stuff's all plug and play. It's just at some point, very soon, 
you will be in a bad position, right? Totally, yeah. It's, yeah. It's we've, we've almost reached a place super. where we need to re- redo that supercar. I feel like every yeah. decade, all those manufacturers do their new Halo car, and it almost if feels that, like that. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, it's, it's like it's every three years. It's to read about Porsche building whatever the next 911 is that beats the numbers of the 918 Spider. I know. Yeah, it's crazy. I know. Really? I thought that was... Really good. <laughs> that was yeah. that was as good as you could do. I mean, yeah. going to this huge budget, and that was as the maximum streetcar they could build. And now yeah. it's like, well, the nine eleven that you can get, you know, at all these dealerships will yeah. will beat yeah, it, yeah. right? And the car that you can just yeah. like drive to the grocery store with and, your kids. Yeah, all this yeah. stuff. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah which is a brown insane. Mercedes wagon. Ooh. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. E sixty three. Yeah, that'll do. <laughs> <laughs> um, cool. Well, uh, sounds like trivia time. This is our trivia song. It's, got music. Uh, I'm impressed. All right. <laughs> uh, thank you. I, w- I wasn't going to ask you guys to do it, but uh, maybe next time you come on, you can do your something. I don't know what you're we'll bring. You're assuming they want to be back on. Uh, well, I think we might have scared them. I know. I know. <laughs> exactly. Right. Too much Mighty Max Too talk. much freshness. Oh, we're going to talk about Mitsubishi. <laughs> yeah. We're going to talk about Mitsubishi really quick. Um, there's a van, um, the Mitsubishi Express, offered in Australia, and it made the news um, for something safety-related. Can you tell me what it is? Uh, moose test? <laughs> That's a good one. I don't think there's too many moose in Australia. <laughs> kangaroo <laughs> test. Wallaby test. The kangaroo test. There you go, yeah. There should be a kangaroo test, right? Probably like, is. It's going to beat on your car for you. Yeah, yeah. Just get down and break better, your windows. Better windshields, right? Um, no, it uh, first ever zero star safety rating. Whoa. Oh, oh, I did read that. Yes. Wow, that's zero. an accomplishment. Wait, how is it zero. even in production? It doesn't <laughs> even have a chime to tell you to buckle your seatbelt. It got like a seven out of a hundred. <laughs> wow. Like, I think if you hit a kangaroo, you're just dead. So you probably you know, are. Yes, yeah, that was a that was a kangaroo. Mitsubishi's doing some great stuff these days. So that's, that's, <laughs> yeah. that's just a shirt. It just says that. Yeah. You have to read the you have to read the sarcasm into the shirt. Yeah, it doesn't yeah. even let you know. It just says that. Yeah, yeah, that'd be great. exactly. <laughs> um, I was I saw an article about uh, the first president to drive, which was um, 1901, mm. and uh, it brought me to. Um, when they eliminated horses from the White House and government use, what year did Congress officially eliminate horses and stables from the White House budget? Oh, I, I think it has to be way later than we would think. Yeah. I'm, yeah. I'm thinking like 21 or 25, 1921 or 25. I'm going 1915. I'm going um, 1941. I'm going to say, like, uh, 56. Dude, you guys are pretty good. Later than you would think was a good good one. 1951. Wow, there you go. Uh, wow. There was budget for horses <laughs> and stables until 51. Wow. Through World War II. That's what I was... That is, I think they... That's, that's why I threw 41 out there. Ready. I thought 41 because, you know, they're like, forget this. We, we can barely eat, right? We need, <laughs> we need all the copper in the country and all this. So, like, but surprising. Yeah, 51 through the war. Good guess. Well, they just yeah they they weren't ready to go all in on the car. They were still saying yeah maybe <laughs> maybe it'll maybe make a comeback. A Might be a fad. We don't know. The car could just go away. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's right. Um, and speaking of dates, uh, daylight savings is coming up here in California. You guys do it in Utah as well, I believe. Yes, we do. Yes. So spring forward, of course. Um, what year was that federal act uh, put in place? Ooh. How, 
Uh, I know it's a long time ago, right? Because it's a thing about farmers. Why also? Th- was about it also a war, a war thing? Was it during World War One? There was a wartime wartime thing about it. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it had to do with production and the GDP for the economy. Did it not? I think that's right. Mm. Like just. I, I want to say wartime. Walking around the answer. We're walking around it. <laughs> I, I, I want to say wartime. I I, I don't yeah. know the year, but I want to say wartime. Would you go with World War One <laughs> like or the, World War Two? Uh, the Iraq War, what war exactly. Two. Spanish Civil War or where? <laughs> yes. Teddy Roosevelt, Spanish Civil War and Daylight Savings. Yeah. He's on it. We guess 1812. They had the technology. I think earlier, I think World War One. I would have thought that too. Uh, 1966. Whoa. Whoa. Wow. Vietnam then. 1966 <laughs> was federal. And uh, that's the reason that some states are trying to get rid of it. I think it's on the ballot in California. Mm-hmm. I think Florida and some other places. Um, but the federal, even if you pass a state level, they won't let you actually do it mm. until mm. where are you guys out on uh, daylight savings get rid of it you, you like setting clocks <laughs> i'm not sure why we need it but i, <laughs> I know yeah so ridiculous um all right last question and uh this is definitely more uh for paul having the design background but who designed the pt cruiser Ooh. oh uh brian um Ooh. Uh, uh, what's his last name? He did the HHR too. I know that. Mm-hmm. Yep. That's Brian. Brian uh, mm, dang it, Brian. <laughs> not Schneider. It's uh, oh, what's his name? Is and who can forget the seventh gen Malibu? Everyone, huh? <laughs> yeah, that's that too. Everyone. That's who. Who can forget it? Everybody. Yeah. I got half of it. I know that. Yeah, you're you're right on. I don't know when you graduated or or whatever. He went to um, art center as well. Brian Nesbit. Nesbit. There it is. Yep. Yep. Yeah, I graduated in 98. 98. Okay, he looks about our age-ish. I don't know, the photo's like, you know, from who knows when, but... That's right. Uh, Well, Gene felt they were missing out because they saw the PT Cruiser and they thought that would be a huge success. (laughs) And they poached him and said, design us one of those. And he just copied it. I'm still on board with saying the HHR is better in every single way. I don't... don't, I might get better. Mail. <laughs> I, exactly. Yeah. Poison better. oak, poison better. ivy. Poison oak, poison ivy. Both, I agree with you, Warren. Absolutely. I think the PT Cruiser, you get it and you go, really? I mean, <laughs> so all of it. All of it. Yeah. Yes. Everything. Everything. Every line on it, I'm just upset about. It's just right. terrible. Uh, trivia question for you. Do you know what HHR stands for? Highly hormonal Republican. <laughs> you got it. Is that that is it. Good to be with you guys. Good night. <laughs> <We're on. laughs> That's it. It's done. It's like, it a is high, it's like a high roof or something. High. It has to do with the high roof, right? So high. Exactly right. High heritage roof. Heritage. Ah. High heritage roof. God, it's terrible. That I like so... your guest better though. Yeah. I know. That's an awful <laughs> exactly. name. High haired. Imagine that board meeting, right? That's like. Yeah. Uh, yeah. There were board meetings. You know there were. Oh, yeah. Yeah. For sure. Wow. Very uh, bored. Very bored. Very bored. <laughs> well, guys, this has been an absolute pleasure. I, I really we appreciate you bringing on. And uh, one of our commenters said his two favorite podcasts uh, coming together was, was great. So cool. I, I agree. I agree with that. And keep. That's really cool. Well, we, we sure appreciate uh, you having us on and we will plug you guys because we have invited you on our podcast shortly and that will drop as a topic Tuesday shortly thereafter that. So in about another, what, 10 days here before uh, we'll be talking to you again and you'll awesome. be on the Everyday Driver card. Beautiful. I look yeah, forward then- to uh, 
trivia questions uh, and music. <laughs> so, <laughs> so are you asking us to prepare some trivia questions? <laughs> no, I don't want no, no to stress no anyone out. Right. I don't want no pressure. No pressure. And, right. and by the way, right. it, it's it could be about uh, geography if you'd like. Uh, you know, just mix it up. I mean, you got some cool <laughs> landscapes up in Utah. Maybe something rel- related to the uh, topography there. Uh, Warren likes, uh, as you said, uh, you know, goat trails and things. And brush up <laughs> on your steeple chase knowledge. A couple times while we're there, yes. I got it. I, I see the trends. Yeah. I'm following along. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, before oh, we leave, your steeple chase guys. <laughs> oh, jeez. Yeah. Before go. you before we leave, would you guys like to plug anything, or and where can people find you? The easiest oh. thing for us is actually everydaydriver.com because we do so many varied things. We kind of use that as the hub. If you can land on everydaydriver.com, you can find the films, the YouTube channels, the podcast, whatever is of interest to you, you can jump from there. That's probably the simplest thing uh, because that's, yeah. Otherwise, I'm listing a bunch of things. But we're almost Everyday Driver just about everywhere. Cool, and you guys are on Instagram and Facebook and all that stuff. Indeed. Yep. Cool. Yep. Awesome. Yep. Great. All right, guys. Thank you Thank so you much. Guys. Thanks for hanging All out. Right. Thank, Thank you very you much. See you in 10 days. Right. We'll see ya. <laughs> All right. Have a great evening. Uh, cheers. Good night. Patreon.com forward slash driving while awesome. Do you enjoy the DWA podcast? Give us a little love and support us on Patreon and get some awesome bonuses like a weekly exclusive Patreon podcast, exclusive stickers, koozies, and discounts on everything in our store, early access to rallies and other DWA events, and much, much more. Um, Yeah. It really helps us out if you become a patron of the podcast and we hook you up with some really cool stuff. So join us now at patreon.com forward slash driving while awesome. Thanks.